Germany. In a powerful and often pointed speech to German lawmakers, Zelensky said they enabled Russia's invasion of Ukraine. He also accused Chancellor Olaf Scholz of failing to recognize the growing threat posed by Russia. Through the voice of an interpreter, here now is his full address. Distinguished members of the parliament, Madam President, members of the press, dear German people, I'm addressing you after three weeks of a full-scale invasion of Ukraine by Russian forces. After eight years of war in the east of my state, in Donbass, I'm addressing you today as Russia is bombing our cities, destroying everything, whatever we have in Ukraine, including homes, hospitals, churches, using rockets, air bombs, rocket-propelled artillery. A great many Ukrainians have died in three weeks, thousands. The occupiers killed 108 children in the middle of Europe, here, in my country, in 2022. I'm appealing to you after numerous meetings, appeals and requests, some of which have been heard, albeit belatedly, our requests for support and assistance and the sanctions you're taking are obviously not enough to stop the war. I have seen how many ties your companies have lost with Russia, a state that just uses you and several other countries in order to finance the war. In three weeks of this war, for our lives, for our freedom, we have become convinced of something we felt before, which you may not have noticed yet. However, it seems like you find yourselves behind the wall again, no longer a Berlin wall, but rather a wall running all through Europe, between freedom and slavery. And this wall gets stronger and stronger and higher and higher, taller and taller, with every bomb falling on Ukraine. As no measures are taken in order to uh, help us stop the war. How on earth could that happen? When did it happen? Dear politicians, dear German peoples, why was this possible at a time where we kept telling you that the North Stream's pipelines were a weapon, a preparation for a major war? The answer we always got from you was, it's economics, it's economy, it's economy. This is, was the cement for this new wall, building blocks. When we ask you what Ukraine has to do to become a member of NATO and receive security guarantees, the answer we heard was that such an option is not on the table yet and will not be on the table in the near future. This is very sad for us. Now, uh, we're talking about uh, potential accession of Ukraine to the European Union. And for some, this is politics, but deep down, those are again building blocks as a new wall is being constructed. We have been asking you, we approach you many times about imposing preventing sanctions to make the aggressor 
feel that you are a force. With only, unfortunately, procrastination and delays and reluctance. We saw that you wanted to continue again, economy, economy, economy. Business and business. Whereas now the trade routes between you and the state that has brought again a brutal war back to Europe again is separated. There's a wall dividing you from that state. And you don't see what's going on behind that wall. That wall stands between us, between the peoples of Europe. And that is what we are going through today. I'm speaking to you on behalf of the Ukrainians. Yeah, we were talking about Mariupol. And I was speaking to you on behalf of the residents of the city, civilians who are being besieged and blockaded by Russian troops. And Russian troops are racing to the ground. The whole city destroying everything who is there and everything that is there. Hundreds of thousands of people are under siege, under shelling 24-7, without water, without electric power, without communication, 24-7, for weeks long. The Russian military does not distinguish between civilian versus military targets, and they target anything. So, yesterday, a maternity hospital was destroyed. Residential facilities were destroyed. No military objects whatsoever were there. They're destroying everything around the clock. And they do not stop shelling and encircling the city without letting any humanitarian shipment to get to the city. So, in order to prevent us from rescuing our civilian population that's there. This, you can see this. You cannot save our people. I know, let, let, let's call the Berlin Air Bridge what it means to you, what it meant to you then. And it was possible because the sky was safe, right? Whereas now in Ukraine, this is something that we cannot uh, organize. So the Russian missiles uh, uh, and air bombs uh, are constantly used to shell, to bomb our country. Um, I'm speaking to you on behalf of elderly people, of uh, those who, on behalf of those who uh, went through Babin uh, Yar, where in fact last year, uh, President uh, Steinmeier was there as uh, we had the 80th anniversary of the executions, of mass executions in Babin Yar. And the same memorial complex was actually destroyed by Russian missiles. Never again has been the slogan, but now looks like it doesn't mean anything, this slogan of no war again, never again. So, uh, the aggressor is trying to destroy everything for what we live. I'm addressing you on behalf of our military, those who are uh, protecting our nation, defending our values, those values that uh, are so much cherished in Europe, uh, with the possibility the, uh, to, to be free and uh, not to let other nations to encroach on your 
uh, freedoms. And this is something that we that we cannot defend ourselves without your leadership. How, how come that the overseas state turned out to be much closer to us than you, Europeans, because of this wall that is being built, that you fail to notice what is going on on the other side of the wall. But we keep on fighting in order to uh, save our people. Ladies and gentlemen, German people, I'm thankful to everybody who has been um, supporting us. Uh, I'm thankful to Germans, journalists who have been helping us, showing the truth about the evil that Russia is bringing to Ukraine. Um, I'm thankful to entrepreneurs, businessmen and women who uh, have put humanity well above, way above uh, uh, the profits. So let's try and destroy this wall that divides uh, life and death. And, uh, otherwise, we cannot guarantee peace and security to Ukraine and to Europe, for that matter. That, uh, do not even, uh, I would, I'm thankful to those who do not hesitate before uh, switching Russia off of SWIFT and of other sources of uh, income that uh, is used by Russia in order to uh, wage the war. I'm thankful to all those who uh, are against building enemy walls uh, and who share this responsibility when it comes to uh, saving human lives. It is hard for us to withstand without the world's assistance, without your assistance. Um, we're protecting Europe. By protecting Europe, uh, Ukraine, we protect Europe. Thank you for those who are, are strong enough to help us so that they cannot uh, feel ashamed afterwards. 80 years um, after uh, our cities were destroyed during the Second World War, all of a sudden again, uh, after thousands of people were tortured and executed 80 years ago, again, the same atrocities are happening. And the scale was not redeemed yet. This repentment is needed now. And now we're coming back and we're separated by a new wall that will stand for, for how long? Let me try and ask you to think about this, what has to be done in order for Europe to be able to uphold their values. The former uh, actor, U.S. President, um, Ronald Reagan, when he was here in Berlin, he said in his uh, speech, Mr. President, tear down this uh, wall. So let me tell the same thing now. Council please uh, tear down this uh, wall. Give Germany the leadership that you deserve, that your descendants future generations will only be proud of. Please hold us. Please support the world. Support peace. Support every Ukrainian. Stop the war. Help us stop the war. Glory to Ukraine.
was Ukraine's President Vladimir Zelensky addressing uh, Germany's parliament there and standing by over there at the Bundestag is uh, our chief uh, political editor, Michaela Kufner. Uh, Michaela, compared to the speech to the US Congress yesterday, Zelensky really slammed Germany today. Uh, what were his main points of criticism there? Yes, well, his main point of criticism is that he feels that Germany, that specifically Olaf Scholz, is not taking up a leadership role, not leading enough. Um, there was no concrete mention of delivering more weapons, but that clearly is the expectation. And we are told that there is a lot more going on behind the scenes uh, than we actually learn about. Uh, but the bottom line is he would like to see a, a full energy embargo, uh, that Germany drops its uh, pipeline, uh, also Nord Stream 1, with Russia closes that down and overnight shuts down all of those supplies coming to Russia in order not to fuel a war. Uh, that's also how Vladimir Putin um, doesn't want to see it. He still sees that as a kind of a business transaction. So clearly a different logics, uh, while at the same time the German government MPs here stressing that they stand by the side of Ukraine. Mm, so how was it received by uh, lawmakers and the German government? Briefly, if you can. Look, frankly, everybody here is very impressed by the leadership Vladimir Zelensky has shown. Uh, and those who um, don't necessarily share that uh, that picture of the new wall say, look, we're trying to avert World War Three here. That's the bottom line. And they still at the same time have full understanding of Vladimir Zelensky at this moment in time and all of his demands put on the table, even when they are not met by the German government. Our chief political editor, Michaela Kufner, they're reporting from Germany's parliament. Thank you very much, Michaela.
How's everyone doing today? Happy Wellness Wednesday. How's everyone doing? From Ralph Waldo Emerson. He said, quote, Write it on your heart that every day is the best 
day in the year. He is rich who owns the day and no one owns the day who allows it to be invaded with fret and anxiety. Finish every day and be done with it. You have done what you could. Some blunders and absurdities no doubt crept in. Forget them as soon as you can. Tomorrow is a new day. Begin it well and serenely with too high a spirit to be encumbered with your old nonsense. This new day is too dear with its hopes and invitations to waste a moment on the yesterdays.
Russian forces were right here in Budapest. In 1956, when Hungary was under the control of the Soviet Union, Soviet tanks rolled into Budapest to put down a democratic revolution in this city. The crackdown was successful, and it was brutal. Some 2,500 Hungarians and 700 Soviet soldiers were killed. Nearly a quarter million Hungarians fled the country. That whole thing was over in a week, and Hungary's democratic aspirations would have to wait until the fall of the Soviet Union more than 30 years later. But not all Soviet military interventions were that short or successful. Most famously, the Soviet tanks rolled into Afghanistan in 1979 and ended up bogged down there for a decade. The war was a disaster for Afghanistan, where something like two million Afghan civilians were killed, but it was a debacle for the Soviet military. They lost nearly 15,000 Soviet troops over 10 years and ultimately had to give up and retreat. The Soviet Union itself collapsed just two years later, in part because of the unpopularity and cost of that war. And so here is something worth considering. If that, Afghanistan, was a military catastrophe, a humiliating defeat that contributed to the fall of a global superpower, 15,000 soldiers killed over a decade, what would we call an invasion in which Russia has lost half that number in just three weeks? Because that is what American intelligence officials say has happened, according to new reporting by the New York Times. More than 7,000 Russian troops killed in Ukraine since the invasion began, and that, they say, is a conservative estimate. Now, if those American intelligence estimates are accurate, and of course we have no way of independently verifying them, that would be a staggering number of casualties for Russian forces to have sustained in three weeks. 7,000 is the number of Marines killed in 36 days of fighting on Iwo Jima, one of the fiercest battles of World War II. 7,000 is greater than the number of American troops killed over 20 years in Iraq and Afghanistan combined. And it's not just the casualty numbers that point to a Russian army in disarray. disarray. Today, a British military intelligence assessment echoed what American defense officials have been saying, that the Russian invasion of Ukraine has largely stalled on all fronts as they fend off constant Ukrainian counterattacks. Four Russian generals have reportedly been killed in the fighting. Western officials say the generals may be pushing closer to the front lines to try and boost flagging morale among the Russian troops, making them more vulnerable to attack themselves. The New York Times reports, quote, two American military officials said that many Russian generals are talking on unsecured phones and radios. In at least one instance, they said, the Ukrainians intercepted a general's call, geolocated it, and attacked his location, killing him and his staff, end quote. And then there's Russia's loss of costly military hardware. The Wall Street Journal has this report headlined, Ukraine has become a graveyard for Russian tanks, with analysts saying that this is likely the highest number of tanks destroyed in such a short period since World War II. Now, all of this bad news is having repercussions back in Moscow. Russian news sources have reported that Vladimir Putin has put two of his top intelligence officials under house arrest. A Russian security services expert tells the Times that the two men were interrogated for providing poor intelligence ahead of the invasion of Ukraine. 
Meanwhile, the Russian military is reporting so reportedly so desperate for new soldiers that recruiters are targeting and pressuring Central Asian immigrants who are working in Russia, basically telling them if they want Russian citizenship, they need to sign up to go fight in Ukraine. That reporting is from the Moscow Times, an independent Russian newspaper that as of last week is now operating out of Amsterdam because of the Kremlin's media crackdown. Russia's military troubles were the theme of a new video message tonight from Ukrainian President Zelensky. He claimed that Ukrainian forces have killed 13,000 Russian soldiers and taken thousands of prisoners. Speaking in Russian, he addressed the mothers of the Russian soldiers, telling them that Ukraine never wanted all these dead bodies and prisoners. Quote, we did not want this war. All we want is peace and for you to love your children more than you are afraid of your government.